I just wanted to tell you, my my son-in-law is uh, the rabbi of the Breslov Synagogue in Ashdod, and we just had a, a consecration of a Sefer Torah, and it was really happy, really happy with all. But in the middle of a war, I'd have a, a whole procession, hundreds of people following with music and dancing in the street. It was really crazy, really nice, really nice, Bo Hashem. So uh, war, no war. The only war in the world is to get close to Hashem. And everything's bothering us. We spoke as soon as as soon as we're close to Hashem, just I mean, the enemies fall by the wayside. That's it. It's not it's not our job to, to fight wars. Our jobs get close to Hashem. And uh, tonight and Likutei Moran, that's the whole game plan of Rabbi Nachman is to bring us closer to Hashem. So we continue on with second part Likutei Moran, second half Torah two, and this is lesson three. Just to remind tonight's lesson. With Hashem's love and grace is entitled Perfect Speech. Uh, last week, uh, we learned how challenges in life, they affect the cardiovascular system on a spiritual level, just like blood rushes to the heart. And the, the same thing goes on a spiritual level, that uh, the, the, the body rushes to the heart, which is ruach, and, and do something, and the heart has to make a decision. Now, if the heart is smart, then the heart goes up as we move in the upward movement. We learned this in in uh, 30 Principles, in our introduction to 30 Principles of Muna, about uh, the, we learn spiritual anatomy. And if the heart is not smart, the heart goes down. The liver and gallbladder help me, and that's not that's a good thing. We, but the heart wants to go to the neshama. Okay, so we learned that the heart, more than any other part, other part, of, the, part of the body, suffers from person's troubles. That's just, we see that the blood, uh, the, the pulse uh, rises quickly, rises high, and the blood rushes to the heart, and heart has to get rid of the excess blood, so I can't handle all the problems of the body myself. But same happens spiritually. And But once the danger passes, then the cardiovascular system returns to normal, the person's neshama returns to normal. But what happens when he gets back to normal? When a person is in danger, not only from a physical aspect, from a spiritual aspect, has to say thank you to Hashem. Them took out of danger. Thank you to Hashem. This is what King David's Psalm 107 is all about. The four types of people that especially have to say thank you is a person that traversed the desert, a person that was incarcerated and got out of jail, a person that was badly sick and recovered from sickness, and a person that uh, sailed the sea and got to the other side successfully. Now it's not only received. Sail, sailing the sea, but it's flying an airplane, crossing the ocean in an airplane. There's a field, and the, King David writes about that in Psalm 107. Okay, so an escape from danger behooves a person to give thanks. And giving thanks is the delight in the world to come, because that's what we're going to be doing in the world to come. In the world to come, there's no Mundial, and there's no baseball games, and there's no Super Bowl, and there's no uh, red devils against the city. There's no none of that stuff. It's all thank you to Shem. It's all praise and wonderful, wonderful praise. Okay. Uh, so we continue on. And this week, uh, we learn that expressing gratitude reveals the light of truth because there's nothing more true in the world than gratitude because Hashem is all compassion. Hashem needs nothing. Hashem, nothing but giving. Hashem doesn't need anything from us. Okay, but he gives everything to us. And to understand how compassionate Hashem is, it is phenomenal. And people 
take advantage, they either deny Hashem's compassion or they step on it. Just imagine a person that's transgressing. Okay. A person is robbing a bank. A person is stealing. A person is going against the Ten Commandments. While the person is going against the Ten Commandments, okay, if imagine if God was a human. Oh, you're going against my laws? Okay, I'm going to go to your control board. I'm turn off your heart, turn off your lungs, turn off everything. That's it. We go against my laws. You don't deserve to live. Hashem massages the guy's heart, and Hashem works his lungs, and the guy continues living. And here he is. He's blaspheming Hashem. He's going against. He's transgressing, and Hashem is all the more so for so for someone that that does Hashem's uh, that does Hashem's will. So when a person says thank you. There is no gratitude, expresses gratitude. Uh, there is no greater truth. That, that's you're right on the truth. So and gratitude leads us to perfect speech. So we're now in the middle of letter Dalit. Rabbi Nachman says, Name Sasha, Ekal Emet. Rabbi Nachman says that the main sustenance of truth. Is by of the truth is by the perfect speech. Person wants to reach perfect speech. It's by way of truth. Why? When a person speaks true, say something true. The sky is blue, and it's true. What happens is since Hashem's names created the world, Hashem used his holy names to create the world. When a person says truth. It is perfect speech. And perfection is something, it's an aspect of the Almighty. So when a person speaks gratitude, it illuminates three of Hashem's holy names that we're about to learn. Okay, and these that and these names are indicated, they're hinted in Psalm 50, where King David says, El Elohim Hashem Dibel. He says three names. He says El, which Kel, and he says Elohim. And he says, Hashem, the ineffable name. And then he says, Debeo, spoke. He says, three names. So what, what King David, why did he say three names? He said, God spoke. Nobody said three different names. Okay. The Lord, our God, Hashem, he spoke. Okay. What's that? It would have been enough, uh, sufficient if he said one. So Rabbi Nachman is going to explain that. Because these three names are the source of truth. We're going to the basic source of truth. It goes slow. Because this is, it's not something that we can just fly over. It's the thing, with, I'll, I'll try to go slow and I'll try to be clear. That by way of these three names, these three holy names, that they reflect the truth. And this truth is the illumination Truth gives over a divine illumination. When someone speaks true, and there's divine illumination coming not only out of that person's mouth, out of that person's countenance, because the speech is coming from the Ruach, and the Ruach is attached when he's talking true. It's attached to the shamans in the brain. So he not only has a reflection from the mouth, it's a reflection from the countenance that you could see the great Siddiquim, they could see the reflection off a person's forehead. And they could see whether it was darkness or whether it was reflection. And that way we could see that uh, uh, what a person transgressed. The Rebbe could, could see what they transgressed. There's a story about my great-grandfather's Rebbe, the Carlin Stolen Rebbe, 
And he would tell that the, the, the Hasidim, they would go to the ritual bath before they go to the Rebbe. They'd purify themselves. And he said, no, don't go to the ritual bath before you purify. Because when you go to the ritual bath, it wipes off the soot, the spiritual soot from your forehead. And I can't see what's bothering you. But come to me as you are. And this way, I can see what's bothering you. I can see what you need to be, I have to correct it. <laughs> this, is, this is the power of the Siddiqui. I'm talking about, I'm talking about not long, 120 years ago. And all the more, Rebbe Nachman, Rebbe Nachman could see a person's forehead, and Rebbe Nachman could see as his, what his pre, when he came to this world to correct. The Arizal, Rebbe Yitzchak Luria Ashkenazi, the holy Ari, the founder of Kabbalah, he could see on a person's forehead all his previous go-around since Adam and Eve. He, he could see his whole lineage. Isn't this the power? It's unbelievable. So it's difficult for people to believe this because this is not their level. People have a, tense, a, a tendency not to accept what they don't understand. And cherish brothers, sisters, and Muna, we don't understand it. Where understanding leaves off, this is where we're beginning. We're beginning. Amuna begins where our understanding leaves off. We don't need to Amuna to know that we're with each other right now. We can see each other on the screen. We see you there. If we can unmute each other, we can speak to each other. We don't need Amuna. But we need Amuna to know that Hashem is right here with us and with the light of Rabbi Nachman. So this is what happens when a person speaks his truth. He's illuminated. And you know how you feel. You, you can know somebody, even if you're not a private detective and you don't have a lie detector. You ever spoken to a person and first of all, you feel darkness. You don't feel happy. You don't feel happy. Okay, when you don't feel happy, you're not seeing that happy light. That light reflected, that's divine light that makes you happy. When a person carries divine light, makes you happy. And a person, you know, something doesn't sit right. person not telling the truth. person not telling the truth, then that person cannot illuminate. It's not illuminating divine light. And there's, there's nothing else but divine light. If you're not divine light, then he's going to have to put a, a, a battery on his, for like a coal miner's helmet and, and put with a flashlight, illuminate with the flashlight. But that's, he's not going to illuminate with divine light. But divine light is, is much, much brighter. And so what we're going to do now, Rabbi Nachman is going to teach us how the three holy names reflect four different aspects of speech. Rabbi Nachman talks about speech like a square, and there's four different sides of speech. Okay, so it goes on, and he says, Yeshri Boadibul. There's the square of speech. First, that, that don't understand that, but where he's going to explain. Oh, this is some problem. Do you remember several times I've mentioned that we don't call the language of the Bible, Hebrew. Hebrew is modern. We call it the holy tongue because that's the language of Hashem. What we speak on the street in Israel, that's Hebrew. That's modern Hebrew. There is really, okay, it's easy more or less to understand the Bible, but kids, you talk about kids that, that don't learn that don't learn Torah in Israel, non-religious kids, there's a lot of words in the Torah they don't understand at all. They don't understand at all because it's, it's not modern Hebrew. It's not the Hebrew they speak. This is the holy tongue. And that's what we call Lashon HaKodesh. It's the way we refer to the language of the Bible. We don't call it Ivrit. Ivrit, that's modern Hebrew. We call it Lashon HaKodesh, the Holy Tongue. Rabbi Nachman says, when we are exiled from our land and we're in diaspora, 
like right now, you did all over the place in the UK and Canada, America and Joe Berg and South, we're, we're all over. Then our speech is also exiled because to have the holy tongue, a person has to be here in the land of Israel in Hashem's palace because this is the language of Hashem's palace and this is the holy tongue. And uh, therefore many, many Hasidim, they would only speak the holy tongue on two occasions, when they're learning Torah and on Shabbat, when Shabbat is a higher elevation. And that's why they speak Yiddish during the week, because Yiddish is jargon. And Yiddish, they don't speak the, the, the holy tongue. And the holy tongue, when they talk to Torah scholars, like that, say Torah scholars, they speak very, Melitzer Rebbe, Melitzer Rebbe, if he's talking to somebody, talking to a soldier, a policeman, he'll speak Ivri. But the language he speaks is a language of Torah. This is a very uplifted speech. It's, it's, it's beautiful. It's Torah speech and his expressions. And the a modern Israeli secular kid, it, it's represented like something out of a museum. But this is the holy tongue. This is the holy tongue. It's an expression different. There's no slang in the holy tongue. It's all what written. King David spoke in the holy tongue. Okay, what we translate in the Psalms, we're translating from the holy tongue. And that's why sometimes we often encounter that the meanings, it's a kaleidoscope of meanings. And you have to understand what the intention is because there's so many different ways to understand it. That's why you can't understand it with an Oxford dictionary or Google translation. You cannot do a Google translation to the holy tongue. I go and sometimes a Google translate, it's, it, it's ridiculous. It, it's, it's, <laughs> it's a circus the way they translate these things. Okay, so Rebbe Nachman is teaching us the square of speech, four sides. And he says when uh, Israel is in exile, then the holy tongue is in exile. That's also an exile. And that's why Moses alluded to this. When Moses went in Egypt and he went up on Mount Sinai and Hashem wanted to send him to be an emissary, let my people go, go to Pharaoh and let my people go. What did Moses say to Hashem? Uh, Moses said to Hashem, I'm not a man of words, not since yesterday, not since the day before, and not since you first spoke to your servant. What Moses is saying, like, I, I, I can't speak here. I'm, I'm outside. This is outside of Israel. I, I can't speak. I, I stutter. They said, Moses, he, they knew. He knew he couldn't speak properly. And, and this is what he's, Moses, and that expression in chapter 4 of Exodus, verse 10, this is where Rabbi Nachman gleaned the four sides. Moses is alluding to the four sides of speech. Okay. So Rabbi Nachman says, we're talking about the first type of speech, the first side of speech, yesh dibur This is the first side of speech is speech of charity. This is that, that, that's a literal translation. It's really speech of compassion, of loving kindness. Staka is charity, it's compassion, and loving kindness. Anytime you say something nice to a person, and it's true, it's not just flattery, yeah, 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 no, not just to want to be nice. It's not American nice, but from the heart. When you say that, when your heart and your mouth are together, and they say something nice to a person, you are now making an illumination of compassionate speech. Okay, this is words, it's a, one, one of the greatest greatest gifts that a husband can give a wife, a wife can give a husband, a father to a child, uh, a, a mother to a child, 
a friend to a friend, it's a kind word, a word of encouragement. And I tell you, there's a story about that I'll never forget. In the Lakewood Coilil, it's a Lakewood married man's yeshiva in Lakewood, New Jersey. Uh, it's one of the biggest, that and the mirror, maybe the two biggest uh, rabbinical coil in the world. They've got the thousands of students that learn there. And there was a young man, a married guy uh, in that religious seminary, in a rabbinical seminary. And he did something that you're not allowed to do, according to Judaism. He committed suicide. He had difficulties in his marriage. He had financial difficulties. He had difficulties in his learning. And all of a sudden, it, one morning he woke up and he was completely, completely depressed and he took his life, took his own life. Well, the spiritual dean of the yeshiva, Rabbi Solomon, when they spoke, they, they, they made temporary sanity. It's a, a person who commits suicide in Judaism is supposed to be buried outside the graveyard, but they buried him within the graveyard because he decided temporary insanity, the difficulties that, that this, this young man had. And this young man didn't seek help. That's the only part he didn't seek help. But he yelled, Rabbi Solomon, he yelled at 3,000 rabbinical students. And he said, if one of you would have put your arm on Moshe's shoulder, and one of you would have said a word of charity, Moshe, how come you're not smiling today? Moshe, what's bothering you? Moshe, what's going on? You might have saved his life. We don't, I'll never forget that story. I did this, my, my Rosh Hashivan, Eshet Torah, he told me that story. You could save a person's life with a nice word. Sometimes we don't know what's going on inside a person's heart, where the person is so down or a person is so depressed, and you don't know somebody's had something tragic, somebody's lost a job, or maybe someone, heaven forbid, that they've got a, a relative that got injured in the war, or somebody you, you don't know, you didn't know that... Uh, that, that your neighbor was was expecting, and since you didn't know she was expecting, you didn't know that she miscarried, she lost a child, and she's brokenhearted, and she doesn't she she takes it to her own, and, and she feels she feels so terrible, and she's blaming herself for it. It's just to go and and to say, uh, hey, Miriam, how come you're not smiling? What's bothering? And then Miriam all of a sudden got tears in his face, and let her pour out her poor heart out. Encourage her, Miriam. You're gonna have another eight kids. Don't worry about it. This is that. That's it. No, this is a tough time. Tough time for the people. There, soldiers dying in Gaza. Who knows what it is? And maybe what what the Arizal said. You give an encouraging word that uh, maybe this soul that came down it just needed a correction. It was a perfect sadik, but it came down to the world in not a nice circumstance. Maybe he was sort of raped by a Cossack or something like that. And you and your husband are lucky enough to, to bring, this was the whole, holy correction that this soul needed. And you could go, you could say something encouraging, but, and you pick up that person, you pick them up, you can save a life with a nice word. This is what Rabbi Nachman talks about. This is the main, the first side of speech. It's speech of compassion because we're imitating Hashem. And this is, what's he say? This What's the speech of compassion? That with your tongue, with the... Uh, organs of speech that Hashem gave us, we're doing, you don't have to reach into our hand and, and give a hundred dollar bill, a hundred quid to somebody and then to, for, to qualify as charity. A nice, sincere word, a nice, sincere word. You know, you're really a wonderful person. I really appreciate you. This is it's something that pick up a person, you're giving a person life. 
giving a person that we don't know. This is what Rabbi Nachman says. He does compassion here. She does compassion with her tongue. She said, Geder Adam. And this, what makes you a human. Rabbi Nachman says, this makes you a human. When you use the limbs of your body to do Hashem's mitzvahs, you use your mouth to make people happy. You use your mouth to say a nice word. You use your mouth. Maybe if I if I see something that's not nice in a person, I don't understand that person. Except, you know, something that's, which someone had told me, an army officer told me today a story. He said, Rabbi, you're not going to believe this. He said, so they, they caught a Hamas terrorist. And a Hamas terrorist was, took part in October 7th massacre. This Hamas terrorist is a, uh, a medic. He's, he's a medic with the, they have the, the, the red crescent. That's like the, the red cross or the Magen Davido. He's a, he's a paramedic. He's an expert paramedic. But the same, he'll go and he'll mutilate a human body. Because understand, this is for what the Torah says about Ishmael. This is for him. A paramedic is a, is, a, is a profession, just like somebody else is a shoemaker or somebody else is a carpenter. Has nothing with compassion. And nothing with compassion. And that's why that's the people that they, they use the parts of their body for murder, for stealing, for that there's no connection. When we use our mouths for compassion and not for lying, heaven forbid, not for slander, and we learn the Chafetz Chaim, and this is what Rebbe Nachman tells us, this makes you a human being. This is the parameter of a human being. How does that human being use that? Why would Rebbe Nachman say that? Well, you can see, oh, a person is human beings, but a mother and a father and stands on two legs, no. Rabbi Nachman is referring spiritually. The human being is the only creation that has the body of a mammal and the soul of an angel. When we use our speech, which the speech is the midway, midway between spirituality and physicality, because speech is it's a tiny, it's very sublime physicality. There's sound waves to it. You can see if you record your speech, you can see your speech on the sound waves, but you can't feel them. You can't grab them. Once a word has left your mouth, you can't grab it and pull it back. So it's the halfway between physicality and spirituality, which means that our speech entails a physical effort, which is our speech apparatus, and a spiritual effort, which is either the light side behind it or the dark side behind it. When it's the light side behind it, and we use our speech for compassion, then we become the human being that we activate the divine soul that overcomes the animal body, and the animal body is subservient to the divine soul. For a person that uses the speech for lies, for slander, for insult, for humiliating other people, for hurting other people, then that means that the soul has become subjugated and subservient to the body, and that's the dark side. And that's this is what Rabbi Nachman is talking about. So by using one speech for compassion, uh, a person is a human. And Rabbi Nachman says, Masha ain't ken achai. That's an animal. It uplifts him above the animal. And this is what Hashem said when Hashem created the man, created man, Hashem did compassion to the angels. He wouldn't want the angels to feel. She worries about how the angels feels. So he said, Nase Adam. 
He said, let's make a man. Hashem, you don't need angels to help you. You're going to do it by yourself. No, but he wanted to, let's make that part of it. Even Hashem, with his speech, Hashem does compassion. Compassion, Nase Adam. Not only that, but exacting, Hashem wanted, let, let's make a person who has the capability to use his body for good, for compassion, like his speech for good. And that's why that's why Hashem gives the divine soul. Hashem doesn't give us the divine soul for intellect and for uh, it gives us to, to do good, to do the world. So what the Zohar is talking about, the, the, the loving kindness, with a person's speech, we're talking about loving kindness here, and that's the first side. And this is what makes a this is what makes a human being. Continuing on, Rabbi Nachman tells us the second phase of speech, the second side of speech, and this is dibur shel tshuva. This is the speech of penitence, the speech of tshuva. And this is what, it's, where do we learn this? We learn this from the prophet Hosea, chapter 14, verse 3. He says, He says, take your words and come back to Hashem. In other words, people translate tshuva as penitence, but it's really returning. Because what are you returning? Someone says, I've never been by Hashem. Oh, yeah, your soul comes from Hashem. So when a person comes to Hashem, he's actually returning his or her soul to Hashem. And that's why these words, uh, these words of uh these words where a person does self-assessment every day and a person corrects himself, and a person here's the greatest thing: when a person does chuva, a person does self-assessment every single day, and just notice, notice we are not talking a single word about religion. This is all spirituality, our own personal relationship with Hashem. Not a single word about religion. This is not religion. This is a relationship with Hashem. And a lot of religious people need to learn this. Okay, this is about religion. And so what, what happens when a person does self-assessment every day before he goes to bed or sometime during the day? What I do the last 24 hours? Oh, that is spiritual hygiene. That's like giving a shower for your soul. And Hashem forgives us forever. We we, we talk about it, but Hashem doesn't forgive us for things we didn't do true before. When a person owns up, that's what uh, uh, King Solomon says, he says in Proverbs, that if a person acknowledges what he did wrong, and he does his very best or very best not to go back there, Hashem is completely forgiving. Not only was Hashem forgiving, but Hashem will comfort them. Okay, so this is a word from Hosea the prophet. And when we say what Moses said, that I'm not a man of words yesterday, and this is the, yesterday, if this is what Rabbi Nachman says, Moses was indicating to Bore Tshuva, because what's I'm not a man of words for yesterday? Yesterday, I have to, I'm not a man of words. I have to correct what I did. It's not words, it's what I did. It's what about yesterday? What, why is Moses looking at yesterday? Because Moses is evaluating himself for what he did yesterday. And if we evaluate ourselves every day, what we did yesterday, we come into the high holidays and the days of judgment, and there's no difference. For a person that does self-assessment every day, for a person that talks to Hashem every day, there's no difference between today, that today is the 16th of Tevet, and between the 10th of Tishrei, that's Yom Kippur, every day. And this is this is all the per, all the time, the person's soul, this keeps the soul clean. 
And this is what maybe you'd call it properly penitential speech. <laughs> if I could use a good penitential speech. And this is uh, what Hashem wants us to do. He wants us to, he wants us to all the time evaluate our yesterday, not just uh, forget about it. Okay, so we continue on to our third type of speech. Our third type of speech is called the speech of affluence. Rabbi Nachman says, Hainu, Ashirim Krovim Lamalchut. Take rich people, and rich people, they are in high places. They're close to government, close to influential people. Shem Pchinat, Shlosha Sregim, Darshu Rabotedo, Lebracha, Holy Shlosha Sregim. When the minister of the, when Pharaoh's bar minister, and last, it, it became, had his dream, said Shlosasligim, he dreamt he saw three vines, three vines. Rabbi Nachman says it's a play on words. If we take the word Sligim and split it, Sligim, these are three ministers in high places. And Rabbi Nachman says this is a referring, Rabbi Nachman, he takes out, he takes out pins out of haystacks. We could, fed, they did, nothing gets past Rabbi Nachman. And he says this is what is referring to uh, the rich people that are connected to government, and this is their speech of affluence. So they have also a side of speech, uh, which is a type of speech, influential speech. Call it, it calls it affluent speech, but influential speech. This is a type of speech that people use in running government, people use in lobbyists, and uh, this refers, we're going to, Go this we're going up. This is referred to the riches, and we're getting close to the source of riches. We start in compassion. Everything is going to bring us back to the source of Hashem. The source of Hashem. Person could say, "Wait a second, what's that? What's the connection here?" I started off with speech of charity, of loving kindness, and then I went to speech of uh, penitence, of tshuva, and now speech of affluence. You know, why? Why that different type of speech? Rabbi Nachman is going to explain that. Uh, Rabbi Nachman says that this is, according to Kabbalah, affluence. Rabbi Nachman says, I'm not talking about monetary affluence. I'm talking about spiritual affluence. And when he said we're close to the government, what is the government in the ten spheres? That's malchut. So when a person is close to malchut, the person is close to the divine presence. So Rabbi Nachman says the speech of affluence, this is the speech of spiritual affluence. It goes, I love to bless people that Hashem should give them material and spiritual abundance. I think maybe all of you got that blessing for me. That is one of my favorite blessings, material and spiritual abundance. Everybody should have material and spiritual abundance. The spiritual abundance is closeness to Hashem. The material abundance is to have all the money you need, when you need, and the good health, and everything you need exactly when you need it. Not too much, but not too little. Just what you need, when you need. Too much makes, makes you fat. You don't want too much to eat or too much to drink. And uh, too much money in the bank makes a person arrogant. Okay, we don't want that. We want just enough, enough. That when you go and make a wedding for your kids, uh, you can pay for all the bills, and not anything. Bo Hashem. And I, I'm looking at parents. Oh, and yeah, I, I'm looking at you. You know what I'm looking at. And uh, praying for their weddings, okay, debt-free weddings, and happy, happy debt-free weddings, okay. Bo Hashem, Bo Hashem. Uh, so this is the words of affluence. It's spiritual affluence that brings us close to Malchut. So now, once we're getting close to Malchut, the 
Rabbi Nachman says the fourth side of speech is the royal speech. That's the speech of Malchut itself. So see, as we're going up, we started with compassion, just the good deeds. Then we started, then we went to penitence, and penitence taught we refined ourselves further. Now we go to affluence because we're refined and we're compassionate. So we have affluence. We can influence others like high government officials. Now that we're influential, we get to Malchus. It's this beautiful thing. But first, when you look at it, you, you, you don't understand what's going on. What's the four sides, how they connected? You can see a Rebbe Nachman is building a Jacob's ladder that takes us up and up to Hashem. It's just so beautiful. And if, if we would go through this too fast, we would miss it. We wouldn't understand what's going on. But by taking a bit part of what I, I know we, we're not running. This is not, uh, uh, maybe for some people it's not exciting because this is in death learning, but it's very, very satisfying. It's get close to Hashem. Okay, because you can't get too close to Hashem superficially. You have to get down to the basic, what we are doing. We are in a spiritual gold mine. We'd go down visit Fumani in South Africa and take us further south down where the gold mines are and they get these golds. Uh, they were, we're right here. Okay, with that being in South Africa, we're bringing these spiritual diamonds out of the ground. This is what Rebbe Nachman is doing, us, doing for us. Okay, so now Rebbe Nachman says, now that we have our square of speech, and once again, starts with speech of charity or compassion, then goes to speech of penitence, then goes to speech of affluence, which is influence, and then goes to speech with malchut that connects us to the divine presence. This is the speech that is so connected. And this is this is the whole purpose. This is the spiritual Irish lottery. You have just won 42.5 million quid. That's it. But it's nothing compared to a few seconds of proximity to Hashem, just imagine what's going on in the next world where it's not a few seconds of proximity to Hashem, it's an eternity of proximity to Hashem. There's one soldier, something that the stuff that's going on in Israel now, you could write, not a book, an Encyclopedia Britannica, a soldier with really strong amuna, And he had a premonition. He had a premonition that he wasn't going to come home and he left a letter to his parents and he left a letter and he said, you know, don't open this until the officer knocks on the door. And once the officer knocks on the door, then open it. And he opened his letter and he said, mom and dad, I felt that this is going to be my destiny, but don't be sad because I died a martyr. Nothing is higher than dying a martyr. And I'm basking in divine light. You're still down in the dumps with the value-added tax and income tax and the right against the left and the religion against the... I'm in a great place. So I don't want you to cry morning. Bring my friends, serve good food, play music, uh, speak happy, talk talk words of Amuna. Unbelievable. With a clear, clear head, no premonition and no sadness. Such a clear... This guy... He, he did. They, they took a, did his, his, I, I don't know, his, his protection and his tank didn't work. And they got a, a terrorist RPG, this Russian-made anti-tank missile. And 
uh, Hashem took him that took this flower, and it's so many stories like that. So many stories, and it's, it's just that the upper echelons—they're same with what they are, but I've never seen on the grassroots such an unbelievable spiritual awakening in Israel. And you see this wherever I go, at the soldiers and and so they got fire from moon in their eyes, and Bo Hashem. And this is this is speech of Imuna. But this and it just occurred to me that this letter, this is the highest level. This, he wrote in this letter speech of Malchut. This speech of close, close to Hashem, so close to Hashem. And eh, parents, what do you what do you do with that? What do you do? This is their sons, their, their their sons' will and testament. Mom, Dad, don't cry. You know, don't cry for me, Argentina. Don't cry for me, mommy and daddy. Okay, I'm in a wonderful place. I know I miss you. And it did all this, but what really was a tearjerker when he thanked mom and thanked dad and for everything, it, the way they raised him. That didn't they, they? Of course, this guy on a level with, with such gratitude, and it, it's almost prophetic what Rabbi Nachman is saying. Just learning this at, at this time, and and to see the day they were saying this lesson, I see an example of speech of Malchut, and the, a speech of Malchut, the speech that are on such high level of Amuna, guy is exactly with the Shekhinah, with the Divine Presence. Okay. And why is it so enlightening? Rabbi Nachman says in the, in the next paragraph, why is it so enlightening? He says, So when you have this perfect square, and all of a sudden it illuminates, what's making that illumination? Because when you have that square, you have the square that's once again charitable speech, charitable speech, then penitential speech, then the affluential speech, then the speech of malchut. And then that together, we started off on a good thing with charitable speech. And then we come up with the highest uh, level of, one of the highest levels that, that could be given in this physical world. And, and this is the divine level, the level of malchut and speech. So Rabbi Nachman says, when a person attains that level, then the person is invoking an illumination of these three holy names, that there's Aleph Lamed, Kel, Aleph Lamed Heyud Mem, Elohim, and Yud Kevavke, which is Hashem. We can't say that. Yud Kevavke, which is Hashem. And that, Rabbi Nachman says, they correspond to three things. That Aleph Lamed Kale corresponds to prayer, and Elohim corresponds to Torah, and Hashem's four-letter name corresponds to soulmates and marriage. The Gemara Tractate Psachim says that Hashem alone makes your soulmate. He created Hashem got you together. There nobody else. There were no middlemen. If even the middleman, if the person middleman, what we call a shatchan, okay, that that was Hashem sent him to. It was a, a robot and, and, and the service of Hashem. So now Rabbi Nachman explains. We take the name Hail. Okay, the name Aleph Lamed. It's a name of power. And so it's about prayer because prayer has the power to penetrate the upper realm. And, and the prayer... This is the power of prayer. There's no weapon stronger. And this Okay, Hashem called Yaakov Kale. And 
this is a, the Gemara Megillah says there was an occasion where Hashem called Yaakov Kale, and that's what, why did Yaakov say in a place where he made the sacrifice, he called that place Beit Kale, that the house of Kale, and we said Beit Kale because you used my name Kale in the power of your prayer. You prayed so powerful from that place that Shem gave him the name and the name came out of Yaakov's mouth and he called it Beit El. Beit El, which is north of Jerusalem, that's Beit Kale, that's the house of Kale. That's the house that, that's where he prayed. That's where the the rock was that he put his head on and Hashem uncoupled the entire land of Israel under that rock. And that's where he dreamt. He didn't sleep for 14 years. First time he slept in 14 years. And that's where he saw the ladder going up and down. This is from Beit Kale. So this is Kale. Kale corresponds to prayer because Kale Aleph Lamed denotes strength that Hashem is powerful and omnipotent. And through prayer, uh, through prayer, we get to know we get to know Hashem, and that that that's that gives us strength. That gives us strength. So therefore, the thing that gives us strength is the name Kale. That's why we're called Yisra Kale. Yisra El. Yisra means to, to to wrestle with. That's a Jacob got that letter, got that name after he defeated Esau's angel. Esau's angel gave him a blessing, who was forced to give him a blessing. Otherwise, Jacob wouldn't get a go. Jacob had him in a full Nelson and a chokehold. And he's not going to go. It's morning. I got to get back upstairs. You're not going anywhere until you give me a blessing. And he says, okay, from this day on, you're not Jacob. You're Israel. Israel means that you have, you have wrestled with God. You have strived with God. And you, you, you succeeded. You're not talking about God himself. The angels, that they said they're messengers of God. The angels sometimes refer to themselves as God. They don't mean, but they, they talk to themselves as Kale, as Kale, the power. And even Hashem refers to us as, as Kale. So he gives us this power. Okay, but an angel can't refer to himself with a higher name than that. No, no, no. That's it. But this is it's, it's an emissary. And but it's also the name of an emissary, uh, Hashem. I, I know what Hashem gave me. I don't know where my parents, uh, what they did. They, they must have prayed before they gave me a name. But my name begins with Kale and ends with Kale. Eliezer, Raphael, Oh Hashem. So that I get goalposts Kale here. Thank you, Hashem. Thank you, Hashem. It's a, what's in a name. Okay, so we continue on. And like our sages told us in the Yerushalmi Gomorrah Tractate Tani, Lo Ish El Lo Ishu. Okay, Hashem is not a person. And Hashem is not going to say anything that's not a truth. I always use one of my favorite expressions, the Melitzer Ribbit, that 99% truth is 100% lie. <laughs> and that's why Hashem's signet ring is truth. Hashem's signet ring is truth. That's what Rabbi Nava was talking about. These three, these three names, they can't illuminate if there's a 1% lie. They can only illuminate in the, in the uh, context of 100% truth. It's like a plant. If you've got something toxic in the soil or toxic in the air, that that will inhibit the growth of the plant. And this is something, This is if you've got something toxic in the air, which is a, a word of slander, a word that goes against the Chofetz Chaim, that you won't have Hashem's name there. So our sages said that uh, Hashem is not, is not a man, that he should be false. He says that in, uh, in Numbers 23. And so it's mortal people have false words, not Hashem. No way Hashem. And so we say the word kale, it kind of it connotes strength. And uh 
we say that Hashem is near every person who calls to him in truth. Okay, and he will, it gives us the power. He gives us the power. So now let's go on. That's Kale. Kale is the name of power. It's the name of prayer. And we go to Elohim. Elohim, Rabbi Nachman says, is an aspect of Torah. Okay, because Elohim, it says, uh, Torah for us, when Rabbi Nachman, uh, Rabbi Nachman quotes the Torah, where Hashem says to Moses, Moses says, I can't speak, Hashem. He says, all right, your brother Aaron is eloquent. He'll do the speaking, but you'll be his rebbe and he'll be your spokesman or your translator. So in Hebrew and Lashon HaKodesh and the law in the language of, of holy language of Torah, Hashem says to Moses, Hashem says to Moses that he will be atati elokim. You will be an elokim for Aaron. That means that you'll be his rebbe. You'll be his rebbe. So often Elohim, and also in the Torah, there's the word a time that they mention Elohim, and it's not holy. It says Elohim lot kalel. There's a time in the Torah which says Elohim means a judge. Or it can mean a judge and a rebbe. When the Torah is the Torah's prohibition against cursing a religious court judge, it says Elohim lot kalel. It doesn't say a shofet lot It says Elohim. Because why is that Elohim? Because when a, a person, a religious court judge, Sometimes he's making life and death decisions. Just taking money from one plaintiff to give it to another, to, to, to one litigant, give it to another litigant. It's, money is, is, is like life. It's like giving life from one person to another person. So a person who is sitting in judgment, who sits in judgment? The Shem. So an honest judge, and this is what the Torah tells us, that an honest judge, a serious judge that doesn't take bribes and that doesn't listen to persuasion and doesn't listen, and only listen to both sides and only listen to both sides together and gives everyone a fair chance to talk and he's objective, this is tantamount to a messenger of Hashem, like an angel. And Hashem calls such a judge Elohim. And that is the judge that one must not curse, Elohim Lot Kalel. Okay, so Elohim, it's, it, it, it's speech, it illuminates a speech. Why does it illuminate the speech? Because that judge, he judges truth. His, his speech is illuminating truth. And the rabbi that teaches his pupil that Hashem called Moses Elohim when he was going to be a rabbi for his brother Aaron, even though Moses was three years younger than Aaron, says, Aaron will be your spokesman, but you'll be his rabbi. Okay, so you will be his, his rabbi, his Elohim, because a rabbi has a tremendous responsibility to his students that you should give them an unwavering path of truth. It's really something. That, I, I don't know how somebody would have the gall to open his mouth and, and, and teach Torah without doing tshuva first. <laughs> but so, you know, and Hashem, if, if something comes out of my mouth that, that's not right, that's not true, that, that forgive me, it's got to be in, got to be true all the time because this is a responsibility. So he says, a judge, a court judge has a responsibility like an Elohim, and a teacher teaching Torah has a responsibility like Elohim. So that's why that's called, that's the second name. Okay, and that's got to be true. Just like the judge has to be true. And a teacher, can you imagine why our society looks like it, it, it does? 
I mean, uh, how many children in society now that their teachers are teaching them that there's no sex or there's one sex or there's five sexes or there's four sexes and, and, and all these things that are so, I don't mean abomination, but even before abomination, they're so skewed. Not a single word of truth comes out of their mouth because of that political correctness or people think, you know, that they, they, to be politically correct and to blaspheme and talk like it, as if there's no God. Oh, excuse me, uh, Miss Teacher or Mr. Teacher, you created yourself that there's no God? Or what, what you came in, uh, your parents brought a box of, used to have it when I was a little kid, Cracker Jacks. Cracker Jacks was caramel covered popcorn. Eric, they still got Cracker Jacks in America? Okay, you used to have a little prize inside the box. All right, so so what? Your parents got you in a Cracker Jack box? Is that is that where you come from? But the the Cracker Jack company created is it, this is what people believe in, and it's so far for the truth. And that's where you see how the world is so skewed because the world is so far from the truth. And look at us, look at it. Look, look, how many of us are 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 searching for the truth? Anybody here tonight is searching for the truth? I vouch for everybody here in, in tonight's lesson. But uh, do, what population or what percentage of population and people and see the replay? You can see the world is far away from truth. But people have agenda. And I'm talking about uh, when you have uh, bickering in a, quote, religious, unquote, community, far from the truth. Because truth, the Rebbe Nachman is going to get there. We'll, we'll get there next week. This is, I, I wanted to slow it down because I can't fly over that. It's going to take us another week to finish uh, Torah 2. But talk about that. Talk about next week. We'll be talking about how gratitude affects Shabbat and Shabbat peace. Okay, so this also corresponds. Now we go to the third name, which is the ineffable name. And the ineffable name also corresponds to truth because it guide me. As it guide me, we appeal to Shem, Yud Kevav K. Guide me in a true path. And through the name, the ineffable four-letter name, Yud, K, Vav, K. I say K instead of Hey, because I want to say this is, a, it's, it's, it's so, so, so holy. Uh, this is a speech. This is speech, and this is truth. And Hashem shows us so many different ways his name is truth. When Moses went up to Mount Sinai, and Moses wanted to know Hashem's name. And Hashem said, Moses, you cannot know my name. He said, no, but Hashem, what I, I'm going to go down to people, and I'm going to say you know, who I met up here on the mountain, and they're not going to believe me. He said, yes, they will. I guarantee you to believe me. He said, well, what do I tell them? Hashem said, I am that I am. It's also a holy name, Ekya Asher Ekya. I said, I said K instead of hey, because I don't want to say it outside the context of prayer. But really, I'm allowed to, I am allowed to do it because we're teaching. If we take the numerical value of that passage, the Hebrew name Aleph, Hey, Yud, Hey, has a numerical value of 21. Asher, Leah named her son Asher because it was way beyond her share. And she says, Hashem has greatly multiplied my share. So Asher indicates multiplication. Asher, a Asher, 21 times 21 equals 441. The word for truth is emet, aleph, mem, tough. Tough is 400. Mem is 40. Aleph is 1. 441. 
Hashem is true and his name is true. All the rivers go to the sea. Wherever you go, wherever you find it, and that's why the Gemara all the time tells us Hashem's signet ring is truth because it's something nobody could forge. Nobody could forge the truth. There's truth and that's it. Nobody can forge that. Okay, Bo Hashem. Uh, so what is the connection between Hashem's four-letter ineffable name and marriage? The Gemara says something that sounds tongue-in-cheek and like Kiddushin. Uh, but it, it, it's really serious. The Gemara says in Tractate Kedushin that Hashem gave 10 parts of speech to the world. And the Gemara says that women took nine portions of the speech and left one portion for the whole rest of the world. Okay? Well, Hashem, that's uh, Okay, so sages, they taught that as long as there are no marriage bonds, what, now what's that mean? That's a lack of a marriage bond. When there's no marriage bonds, it speaks less perfection. In other words, it's unequal. That's not talking about speech and marriage. But when the bonds are made, the categories of speech, they come together and they're complete. They're not out of balance. What, what the Gemara is talking about, and people misunderstand that, the women's liberty, they hate that, that passage. But it's talking about outside the institution of marriage. Inside the institution of marriage, everything becomes balanced. Why does it become balanced? Because inside the institution of marriage, there's no longer two halves of a soul. It's one whole soul. There's no female side and no male side. And the classic story is uh, a great rabbi from 65, 70 years ago, Rabbi Eliel Lapian. And he went to the doctor with his wife. And she wasn't feeling well. And he says, doctor, our feet hurts. And he says, what, whose feet? You're hers. He said, our feet hurt. He said, no, he could feel his wife's pain. He could feel his wife's pain. And that's it. So uh, the three holy names, Kale, Elohim, and Yudkevovke, they bring together, they correspond to, they illuminate within this cube. Why they illuminate within this cube? A cube is man-made. The three letters, this is this is the old, as we learned also, this is like a circle within the cube and they illuminate a circle of light in this cube. And this cube, once again, we began with charitable speech and then penitential speech, then affluential speech, and then malchut, and the, 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 the divine speech. And this makes the divine illumination and this makes a beautiful impression. Next week, Bezrat Hashem, we continue on to with it, we hope to turn, to finish uh, this Torah next week, Bezrat Hashem, and the hope that we can take our lesson and not only make it meaningful, but practically bring us closer to Hashem. And with that, Hashem should bless all of you with all your hearts, wish the best, wish you're good for one another.